Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The weekly wrap on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang. It's time now to talk about the headline that all of us are talking about, the rise in prices. Just now we were talking about coffee and Ooh. electricity and chicken isn't spared. A very popular meat indeed around the world. Looks like the prices will be going up in the coming weeks. We've been talking about this on the show since yesterday, actually. Yeah. So I can imagine that on the streets, people are already complaining. Uh, suppliers have said that the prices of fresh chicken are expected to increase by about 10%. The cost of a live chicken from Malaysia to surge from 7 ringgit to 8 ringgit per kilogram. That's $2.25 and $2.60 in terms of Sing dollars. This is about 30 30% higher than what it was just a few weeks ago. Mm, time to start thinking about growing your own chickens? No, maybe not. But it's all down to corn and soybean, which are the main ingredients in poultry feed. So the cost of that is going up. And so you have this domino effect in that sense. I understand you had a wholesale order of chicken yesterday, Elliot. It comes with a bit of regret because I think I ordered too much. Well, it's in the fridge. So let's see how that goes today. On the line to help us out with this conversation is Song Sing Wood, economist at CIM be private bank. Uncle Song, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Friday is good. Looking forward to eating, I don't know, uh, chicken rice, maybe? Uh, uh, while the later this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sing okay, let, let's get mm. down to it. Let, let's talk about the landscape in terms of the mm. pricing of poultry in mm, Singapore. Mm, 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 mm. Are there guidances for the industry to follow amid such circumstances? Well, Singapore, okay, we must take a step back. We basically need to import everything. Yes, more recently, there have been more call to plant vegetables on the rooftop. Difficult to rear chicken on the rooftop, but well, maybe we'll look at ways uh, of doing that. But I think there are ways of looking at culturing meat, for instance. So uh, we are seeing that. But basically, bottom line here, we import stuff mm. and essentially... Because of various reasons, either it's weather, it is cost of freight, cost of essentially the whole supply chain ecosystem itself. We have seen food prices in general, uh, if we just uh, Google and uh, say Bloomberg commodity prices, is they, they are like a decade high. If you look at oil prices, well, they have an uh, old jump as well. Metal prices, energy costs, uh, as I talked earlier, have all gone up. So business costs, all round had generally gone up, input costs, as we say. So trickling down to consumer items varies, obviously, and this time the headline on chicken, uh, mainly, as I pointed out earlier, you know, feedstock has gone up, just essentially, and not, it's not just feedstock costs gone up, you know, getting labour to look after the chicken uh, is also more challenging because yeah. of restriction, etc. as well. So it's not just chicken. If you look at many of the food items, over the past year, for various reasons, it sometimes is fish, sometimes it's vegetables, sometimes it's prawn, other, some meat product, whether it's lamb, beef, pork, uh, etc. Prices have generally ticked up, but so far it's not been as high as what the manufacturers, producers, farmers are facing. So this is where I suppose if we reach a point where it's bopien ready. Mm. It has to be passed on uh, <laughs> to you and I as consumer because only so small you can cut a chicken uh, in your chicken rice. Otherwise, a chicken rice without chicken is a bit meaningless. But yeah, I think we have reached that point in which people have cut as many corners or try to ensure that consumers will get something for the same price without 
of a compromising quality and quantity. Yeah, yeah. We're looking mm. at an increase of about 10%, but I mean, mm. it's not the first time prices have been passed down to the consumer. Oh, let's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's be practical. Do you think this will cause the demand for chicken to decrease for the next few weeks before picking up again? I think it's always the case in terms of once you adjust to the shock, whether it is a 10 cent increase for your copy oil, mm. and same thing on the favorites, very sure as well. Sugar price has gone up. Copy uh, has gone up uh, for, again, various reasons. So, yeah, don't order your copy with your chicken rice. Uh, you might in for a double heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, this is where we are in which prices at the producer side, import costs have gone up by more. I mean, we have looked at consumer CPI. C- CPI data will be, uh, next one will be coming up soon. Headline, 2.5%. Doesn't look, look too much on year. But if you look at what we call things like domestic supplies price index, last figure for July as well, it's up 17% on year. So this is what is happening on the supplier side. You and I, consumer, hasn't really gone up the full force because you know, producers and business have been absorbing the margins, etc. as well. Mm. So I mean, it's not the chicken we're just talking about. So we are across a whole range of products and services because of what's happening around us, whether it's due with weather, whether it's due with restriction. It's all, you know, starting to trickle down to you and I at the consumer end. Mm. Singwoon, surely Mm. there are lessons to be learned from all of this, right? A lot of people have been talking about how COVID-19 has driven home the point Mm. that a lot of our operations are inefficient, not enough contingencies Mm. in place. Correct. Do you see the entities in this supply chain actually taking steps towards getting better at dealing with such crises? Mm. They have, they have, which is why at the business and European, you are trying to see how you can make your delivery system more efficient, which is why we've got, you know, increasingly business taking, uh, moving on to the tech side in terms of how you can reduce, say, the paperwork or depend on less people for doing the same, you know, buying in greater quantity. But as I say, you know, we probably have reached a point where we have optimized the system as best as we can. We've upgraded here the call uh, to digitize, etc. put all your accounts on cloud. All these has, I think, taken place. Uh, if not for those who haven't, we'll be pushing them to. So we're probably reaching a point where they have done as much as they could to save costs at the business end. And it may start to, you know, now is a question of to what extent they take it on the margin side. So whether the Tauke or the hawker, very little margin for hawker selling chicken rice. So with some Sorry, analysts yeah. uh, talking about mm. fears of people reverting to the pace of pre-COVID progress, mm. where things progressed a lot more slowly, right? Then mm. during mm. the pandemic, where people mm. accelerated their mm. digital transformation and adoption of digital tech. Mm-hmm. So, of course, some analysts are concerned that once the pandemic abates further, that people will just go back to business as usual, where, yeah, they'll have the tech they already have, they'll mm. have the efficiencies they already have, but they will not work to augment them going forward. So when the next crisis strikes, you'll again be left in this position. Mm. What's your perspective on this? I'm more optimistic, just as we adjust to the shock of being born for your copy or chicken rice uh, after a week or two or three, I think once there are more businesses who have adopted, adapted and moved on, it put pressure on the others because suddenly you may not be as competitive as your neighbor who is in his slimmer outfit, you know, doing the same business, whether delivering a goods uh, or a service. So I think the pressure will be there, especially in tiny Singapore where resources continue to be, I think, scarce, as we put it, whether it's for land or for labor. 
or space, an environment where, you know, say rent at the office space, uh, industrial space are not going to be coming off anytime quickly. In fact, it's never going to come off as long as people still want to live and work uh, and use Singapore as a base, either for the region or for the uh, Asia or the rest of the world. So this is where we do have uh, the plus side of people still want to come and live and work here. The negative side is only a tiny little red dot with that much resources. So if you're not pushed to innovate, upgrade, you might be left behind and you die, basically. So you And here, we can only depend, obviously, on government assistance up to a point. After that, you have to move on your own. Otherwise, people will say, why are we still helping you know, uh, businesses who cannot survive to prolong their life, etc. as well. So they're, they're precious that I think will just keep the pressure on them to innovate, upgrade, maintain, because they have taste in that sense how it works and it works. So we will continue to, in that sense, uh, adopt all these solutions to help, at least for the Tauke standpoint, maintain the margins or improve it because they can if they are able to you know, source the solutions or machines, etc. to do so. Yeah. Uh, final question. Mm. Uh, Uncle Song, I mean, in light of everything that you've talked about, the domino effect and very clear uh, the effect it will have on economic growth momentum. Just to try and link the two issues, in light of this, how important is it to have things like this week, how China officially applied to join the CPTPP 11-nation free trade pact? How how important will these uh, international deals or regional deals be moving forward post-COVID? Oh, important. Basically, it is really about assessing new markets, being able to offer you know, products and services at a competitive price, etc., to as many consumers as possible. If we're here in Singapore, there's only that many people. How many plates of chicken rice uh, mm. can you produce? But uh, if you can package, and indeed, if you go down to your uh, neighborhood supermarket, you certainly see on the refrigerated section, you know, so many more options of processed food, whether it's for paste or whether it's chicken rice. You know, right. you can buy them off, off your convenience store for now. How you can deliver that certainly offers you the opportunity to expand. Who doesn't want to make more money? You make more money by selling more. <laughs> okay, we've been speaking with Song Seng Woon, economist at CIMB Private Bank. Uh, Uncle Song, as always, uh, appreciate your time. You take care, yeah? Okay, now I hunger for chicken rice. Oh, ready. boy. Yeah, smart insights as always. Just relax and eat the chicken, yeah? Yes. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.